Hello and welcome to The Coping Toolbox, a child psychology podcast hosted by clinical psychologists Dr. Layla Din Osman, Dr. Mary Simmery McDonald, and Dr. Jennifer Rend. We hope that this podcast helps parents, children, and teens learn new coping skills in dealing with their stress and anxiety and to help strengthen relationships in their lives. Hello and welcome back to the Coping Toolbox, a child psych podcast. I'm Dr. Mary Simmering McDonald, and we're very grateful to have Dr. Marina Heifetz join us again for this episode so that she can continue to share her expertise in the area of mindfulness. The next area that we will be chatting about is related to mindful parenting. So many of us right now, we're managing full-time parenting, online schooling, um, our own work in many cases, and the research is actually demonstrating that mothers in particular are reporting higher rates of mental health difficulties like anxiety and depression. Um, So Dr. Marina, it's clearly a very challenging time for parents. Um, I wonder if we might be able to start just by talking a bit about what we mean when we refer to mindful parenting and how this can be a helpful approach. Yeah, and thank you, Dr. Mary, for having me here. I really enjoy this topic. I think it's such an important topic. Um, I want to start by talking about um, one of my favorite quotes, and I'll read it out loud. It's by Myla Kapitzin. The wonderful gift of mindfulness is that we can stop ourselves and ask, what am I feeling? What is it like from my child's point of view? When you can do that, you often see things that you didn't let yourself see before because you were so caught up in the reactive mode, which is very limiting. And I find to me that's that's where I come from. That's my, you know, foundation because, um, you know, it's, it's that ability to respond rather than react, right? So when I say respond, responsive um, parenting comes from more slowly. It's more reflective than just kind of acting without thinking, right? Um, it's based on sort of that reflection piece uh, and it takes into account um, our own values and what we want, how we want to be with our children, right? Um, so just as a quick example right now, you know, during the pandemic, um, I think as parents, we're very much, as you said, tested because there's just <laughs> so much going on and it's so, so easy to go into that reactive mode sometimes. Um, I see my my eldest is nine and sometimes he struggles with online learning and he'll get distracted and he'll, you know, go play a game on the computer instead of paying attention and I would catch him and, you know, my, of course, my instinct is to get upset and frustrated and then I sort of step back and that's where mindfulness has been really helpful as a mindful parent. When you're able to step back and see things from his perspective and how challenging it must be to have to do online learning and how many distractions he has to deal with to uh, sort of find his way and to regulate that way. 
So that perspective taking, that putting ourselves in our children's shoes and thinking about what they're experiencing as opposed to our own reaction to it. And, you know, you touched on something as you were talking, I was just sort of thinking um, that feeling as parents when maybe our, our child is not responding in the way that we would like to see. And it's kind of tapping into maybe some of our own difficulties or our own insecurities. For example, I was thinking with school, you know, if you're somebody who's been an academic for a long time or you're a high achiever in school, that might touch on, you know, a bit of a vulnerable spot for us. Oh my gosh, we have to make sure that he is doing his schoolwork and doing well. Um, So yeah, that moment of reflection of really seeing it from our children's point of view, you know, and how you were describing it, it sounds like some of the benefits are just, as you said, being able to respond and doing so, so more slowly as opposed to reacting in an emotional way. Are there other benefits that are helpful for parents as well as their kids of responding in a mindful way? Yeah, yeah. So I think the biggest one is when we bring that mindfulness into moments when we sense ourselves losing perspective, right? So when, you know, we can take a step back and use our breath to ground us or, you know, connect with our body and notice the tension, right? Um, If we try to kind of look at what's happening with ourselves as well as what is difficult maybe in that moment with their child that is very very powerful in terms of building that connection with the child um, mm-hmm. as well as that you know response rather than react um, some ch- sometimes children are acting out as a way of regaining their own balance right their mm-hmm. own equilibrium so they need outlets for their energy right mm-hmm. um, so you know Uh, that's really important to be mindful of what our child needs maybe in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And this perspective really helps build on that empathetic uh, and accepting perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So bringing curiosity to our children's struggles. Um, So, you know, that example that I gave with my son uh, (laughs) in online class, right? So rather than going to that reactive mode, and stepping back, right, and exploring what is hard for him. What we're doing is also um, not just building connection, but helping open up doors to problem solving, perhaps, right? What, how could we be helpful in this moment, right? If we know this is something he's struggling with. And when we talk about mindful parenting, a really important first step is increasing awareness of our own emotional responses as parents. And I'm wondering if you have any suggestions for how we might actually do this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. It's work in progress. I'm still working on it. <laughs> um, I mean, we all have, you know, our automatic ways of thinking and reacting based on our own experiences, right, and our own upbringing. Um, so it's important, first of all, to tune into our own sort of fears and anxieties, right? Um, and particularly, I find as our children get older and become more independent, and we might you know, have less control over what they do. Um, it's really important to hone in into, you know, what what is it that we do have control over and how do we instill um, good judgment in our children? The one, one perspective that I find really helpful in reminding ourselves to step back and have that mindful parenting perspective. Um, so I, I love acronyms. So I use the acronym Tingle, right? So, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll go briefly through it. So, so T from Tingle is timeout. So the first thing we want to do when we feel ourselves going into that reactive mode, we're feeling frustrated or we notice, you know, I am going to go and react to that, um, is we want to do that timeout, um, whether it's mentally just being able to 
tune in, tune out or physically we need a break, right? I'm stepping away from this, right? Um, and this also works really well when we, you know, have conflict with other people in our lives, right? Like my, you know, husband, if I'm having that situation, I want to use that tingle method to time out, right? Um, and the eyes for inhale and exhale, the, that breathing, re remembering to breathe can be really powerful in just getting us into a more um, calmer state of mind, right? Um, the N is for name it, right? So what is it that upset me so much? What am I feeling, right? So really naming it. Um, a G for grounding ourselves, right? So observing your inner judgments, what is going on? Um, L for loosening up. So sometimes we just need to move around to get that energy out, right? So loosening up and finally E for evaluating your mind. So am I able to think clearly? Am I less emotionally aroused? That's when we're able to um, be at our best, right? We're able to respond from a place that's in line with our values and what we want to be uh, is, you know, to, to our children rather than just reacting to everything around us. So I find that uh, to be a really helpful reminder. So those are great reminders. There's very much this process of self-awareness, becoming aware as a first step, identifying what our needs are in that moment. Do we need to step back? How can we helpfully respond here? And what do we need to do in order to make that happen? Um, so it's really nice to actually have an acronym to go through if we're kind of getting out of that um, place where we're able to make decisions very easily and consciously. It's nice to have something concrete that we can turn to. Um, you know, when we read or talk about mindful parenting, one thing that comes up often is this idea of hot spots or emotional um, triggers. And I wondered if you might be able to talk a little bit about the hot spots or emotional triggers and how parents can help um, their responses to their kids by identifying those areas. Yeah, um, it's a big one. And again, uh, you know, I, I want to say at the outset, as I give these strategies out, we're going to, we have to be kind to ourselves, right? So there's going to be times where, you know, we're not going to be at our best, we're going to go into that reactive mode. But, um, you know, I think I come back to this idea, kids do well if they can. So Ross Green talks about this idea of, you know, we have to go beyond of what we're seeing, right? Kids do well if they can. So what is it that's challenging for a child in that moment? Right. So by bringing in that curiosity and that ability to connect with their child, rather than jumping to judgments and conclusions and disconnection, what we're doing is we are exploring what is difficult for a child. Right. So, for instance, with the, you know, meltdowns, right, or the hot spots, as you call them. Right. Um, what we want to do first is just empathize and connect. Right. We want to go to that emotional state because they're not in a place where they can reason. Um, there's been lots of times where you know my child didn't really make sense but if I go straight to that rationalizing and trying to be logical it doesn't quite work right um if you think of ourselves even right when you're upset and someone says well calm down this is not a big deal that's probably not the most helpful response right um but what can be really powerful in those moments is that empathy and connection right so um you know if a child is having trouble going online for school for example you know pausing and saying 
oh, you know, going online for school seems frustrating to you, right? So you're naming that emotion, you're helping them identify and build that emotional vocabulary, but you're also, um, by doing that, you're building that connection because the child sees, oh, my parent understands me. They see that I'm having a hard time, right? And then when you're able to, you know, and oftentimes it's the breathing that helps regulate the system, but when you're able to connect and bring the child back to a calmer state, then you can explore this further, right? What may be hard about this, right? Is there a way you can support your child with this difficulty, right? So bringing in that curiosity um, and staying with the emotional component and the empathy can be really powerful. Yeah, the empathy piece and that compassion for their experience, when you come at it from that perspective, it's such a game changer. And um, when you try it out, you do feel a difference in how the child responds. It's quite amazing, actually, to experience that. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's a good reminder for parents as well to know that being empathic and being compassionate about the emotional experience. It doesn't mean that we're, you know, letting our kids get away with stuff, or it doesn't mean that we don't have rules that need to be followed, but we can also have compassion for their difficulty with it. We can also, you know, try to problem solve around what their experience is. So I really like how you describe it as, you know, having curiosity about their experience, because I think even that language, um, it changes as opposed to, for example, my child's making this really difficult for me right now. Yeah, I have um, a really great example if, if, if there's time. Yeah. Um, really short, but you know, I have, um, you know, my middle one is in JK right now. And as you can imagine, online learning for a kid in JK can be very, very challenging. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, and he's actually a bit of a perfectionist. So we are finding it challenging, especially with the writing, you know, you need a little bit of practice. Right. And he, he shuts down and because <laughs> it's all online learning, you know, he just walks away. <laughs> And so as a parent, you know, my my first reaction, of course, is frustrated, right? I, I have to, you know, balance this with a lot of other stuff that's going on for me. But when I was able to step back and see what was frustrating about it and that he wasn't getting it just right the way he wanted to, I was able to explore this with him more. I was able to discuss this and other ideas and strategies came into play, right? Where we sort of broke things down more. Um, we made it more fun, right? We brought in different ways of doing things so that, you know, it's work in progress. It's not perfect, right? But being able to empathize and see what is the challenging part about it, not seeing it as, well, he's just being, you know, positional and just walking away, but seeing it as, well, this is really hard because, you know, he he's having this struggle um, has given me that perspective. So mindful parenting um, has been really powerful shift for me. Yeah. It's such a great reminder, too, that when we as parents are conscious of, you know, our own vulnerabilities, our own emotional reactions, and we're able to manage that and make conscious choices around it because we're stepping back and we're more aware and we're kind of giving ourselves the time and space to choose um, how we're going to respond, our children benefit from that so greatly. I wondered if we might be able to think about, you know, a common parenting situation and um, kind of go through how we might be able to respond mindfully to that. Um, so, you know, sort of like you're describing and what many parents are living out right now, we imagine that parents are at home, 
young kids. We're trying to manage getting our kids set up for online school. We're really stressed because maybe our own work is waiting for us and we're trying to get there on time. And then right before school starts, one of our kiddos starts screaming and ends up on the floor having a huge meltdown. Um, we can, we can imagine what, you know, kind of our response or the urge to respond might be this very stressed out and panicked response, maybe yelling or becoming really upset with the child or, you know, pulling out the threats or demanding that they turn, turn on their computer right away and, you know, get at their station. Um, we can see how this would be pretty emotionally triggering and stressful. Would you be able to walk us through how a parent might be able to respond to this type of situation in a more mindful way? Yeah, yeah. So it's tricky because, you know, each child varies in terms of their own threshold for how much they can take right now, right? Especially right now. Um, so, you know, it really, it, it will vary with child. Yeah. Some kids are more patient than others, right, with these things. Um, what I, you know, would start with is our own expectations of you know, what, what her child is capable of and keeping those realistic. I have a lot of parents coming to me and saying, well, you know, my child should be able to, you know, do all these things on his own by now. He's 10 years old and he can't, you know, do his morning routine on his own, right? Um, and so sometimes it's working with our expectations, you know, mm -hmm. yes, but every child develops differently, right? And maybe it's, there's some challenges involved in, you know, for this particular example, in getting ready on their own, right? And, um, and maybe we need to do it a little bit differently. And so with, you know, walking through an example, right, what we want to do is, first of all, have our expectations be, you know, at a place where we want to take it at where the child is at, right? Um, so at there, uh, you know, having those expectations in mind, but also, um, as I mentioned before, just bringing in that connection component. Um, so that could be so, so powerful, just, you know, pause. I know we're busy, right? But rarely does, you know, lashing out and reacting solve anything in fact it actually prolongs things you know at the end of the day and so what we want to do is just pause you know um prioritize that 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 connection um and you know oh you know i could see this is really challenging for you or i could see you know you're feeling frustrated or angry right now right um and you know finding ways to help your child find that calm space, right? And, you know, this is coming back to that idea of practicing some of the mindfulness skills, right? So, you know, if you have been practicing with your child, the breathing, for example, then it is that much easier to go to that breathing in that moment. Be like, okay, let's let's take a step back. Let's take a few nice deep breaths. Um, let's, you know, get into a calm space where we could talk about it and, find the right solution for you and what's going on for you. That's great. Yeah, I think, you know, you touched on so many important points there, but this idea of expectations and ensuring that those expectations are appropriate for our, our children. And, you know, as parents, we catch ourselves doing this often where the he should, she should, they should be doing this, that, or the other thing um, that, you know, that's often an indication that we are bringing in maybe some of our own stuff and 
maybe not um, setting our expectations at an appropriate level for our child. So the catching these shoulds, you know, is, is a good way to start. And then also looking at the whys, as you talked about, why, with that curiosity, why is this challenging? What might be happening here? How can I approach this? What does this feel like for them? Um, and then the other thing that you mentioned there with the pausing, taking that time to create a bit of space for ourselves so that we are able again to choose how we're going to respond to that. And we've talked about it actually a little bit in this episode and the last one as well. Um, and we might do a separate episode on self-compassion all on its own at some point. Um, there's been so much wonderful research in this area. Kristen Neff has just such awesome work. Um, but I wondered if you had any thoughts on whether self-compassion can play a role in mindful yeah. parenting. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and you're right, Kristen Neff. Um, I would definitely highly recommend her work if um, you want to learn more about self-compassion and parenting. But um, yeah, as a parent, self-compassion is essential, actually, to being compassionate towards your children, right? So by looking inward and being kind to ourselves, by accepting ourselves as an individual partner, a parent, we're able to feel more balanced and have that much more empathy and compassion for those around us, right? Um, so it's being kind and understanding when confronted with personal feelings as well. Like no one is perfect, right? So being kind to ourselves as well when, you know, if we do go into that reactive mode, you know what? That's okay, right? It happens and it's what we do about it, yeah. right? So we can model for your child, you know, well, you know, I flipped my lid. I, you know, uh, had a really challenging time here. Um, and, you know, how do you think we can go about it next time? What do you think we can do better? Um, you know, I always say, especially right now during the pandemic, it's okay not to be okay. Yes. Um, and research actually shows that children whose parents have taken time out to gain that self-understanding with themselves um, and that self-compassion, uh, they raise healthier, more securely attached children, right? So it really builds that connection and empathy piece. Um, and I'll quote Kristen Neff here because I, I do enjoy her work as well. Uh, with self-compassion, we give ourselves the same kindness and care we give to a good friend. And I like that as a little reminder, right? Because we do tend to be kinder sometimes to our friends than ourselves. So much so. And I think that's a really good um, way to bring that into practice as well. When, you know, our brain goes to this place where it's beating us up about, again, all of the, I should be, I should this, I should that, I'm not. Um, all of these kind of negative thoughts that come into play, just again, taking a pause and thinking about how we might respond to a friend in a similar sort of situation, because it's interesting how different the language becomes when where the compassion lies when we're talking about somebody else versus ourselves. So it's a nice little practice to be able to do it that way. I, I like how you've made the connection in, in many different ways throughout this discussion with how much our children benefit, you know, from us taking the time to do these things that also help us to look after ourselves, to be compassionate for ourselves, to find time in our day and opportunities to be mindful, um, that in various ways our children really benefit from this also. Um, I'm wondering, Dr. Marina, if you might be able to share three important takeaways regarding mindful parenting with us. Yeah, um, it's hard to sum up everything, but I will do my best. Um, 
so I guess first and foremost, just coming back to that idea of being present rather yeah. than sort of being lost in thoughts about past or future. So stepping out of our autopilot and responding rather than reacting. So this means learning to pause and breathe and take a step back in moments when we feel tested, right? So coming back to that tingle method that I mentioned, right? Taking the time out to ourselves so that we can be there more for a child. Um, I guess number two would be trying to see things from your child's perspective, right? So understand what your child's needs are and meet them where they're at, right? It's important to be mindful of our expectations of our child, consider where, whether they're age appropriate and truly, you know, in each particular child's best interest, right? Because every child is different and learns differently. And I guess my, my last one would be, you know, by practicing that self-compassion piece that we just talked about, you know, we become less judgmental and learn to accept our children as they are, not simply how we expect them to be. Um, and obviously there are times when we need to be clear and firm <laughs> with our children, right? Um, but, you know, let this come from a place of awareness and open-heartedness rather than out of fear, desire to control. Yeah, that's a really good distinction there. Yeah. So again, you're coming at it from a place where you're looking at what type of response is needed from them as opposed to, I'm feeling my own panic. I'm feeling my own sense of anxiety here. I need to get the situation under control right now. Um, just that difference in the way that we're reacting. And again, making those more conscious decisions around it. Um, you know, I like one thing that I like about mindfulness is it's familiar to us in a lot of ways. Like it's just talking about things that we already know. We might not be putting our attention there necessarily, but we already do a lot of this stuff and we already know a lot of this stuff. So it's not necessarily something that we're adding per se, but more just where we're tuning our attention. And obviously it's evidence-based, but it, which is wonderful, but it's also really accessible. Anybody can do what you're describing um, without a high cost to it as well. Like these are things, just as you talked about, we can bring into our everyday life and our everyday experience. You know, I've had such powerful examples, you know, in my clinical practice too, just mindful parenting can make such a huge difference in that connection to your child, right? And, you know, any of the behavioral issues that might be going on can really be resolved with mindful parenting. Like a lot of times, you know, just that connection can be so, so powerful. Yeah. Um, both of these episodes with you have been so informative and helpful. Um, so I thank you so much, Dr. Marina. We're really appreciative to you for sharing your expertise and your knowledge. Thank you. Um, and as we sign off, I'm hoping that we can all find opportunities to be present and to work mindful practice, formal or informal, into our parenting and our everyday life. Um, I also wanted to let our listeners know that for those of you who are interested in reading and learning more about mindfulness, please check out the resources that are linked to this episode.